Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, verse 2 to 3, when the scriptures were, was describing Job, the, God was so proud of him. He's, he's an upright man. He knows what he is doing. And verse 2, he says what? And they were born unto him. Somebody write this down somewhere. So we'll calculate it together. They were born unto him. Somewhere write seven sons. Seven sons. If you're not writing, just remember with me. Seven sons. How many daughters? Verse 3. His substance also was how many sheep? How many camels? How many oxen? And how many asses? And a very great household. So that the man was greatest of all the men of the east. When God restores a man, he returns everything back to him and he adds extra. He returns it back to its original state. But you know what? When God returns it back to its original state, it's going to be normal. It's going to be normal to you. Because, okay, this is what I lost and this is what I'm getting back. But to show that he is God, he's able to multiply it. Because you know God does not work in additions. Right? He works in doubles. Right? So when you're expecting your blessing, please... Please remember this. When God is blessing me, he's not blessing me like the way I lost it. He's blessing me in, <laughs> in the way my heart can receive it. If you are receiving it in addition measure, maybe that's how you get it. But for me, I'm not ready to receive in additions. I'm receiving in multiplications. Praise God. Job verse 40, chapter 42. Let's go there and let's compare. I did some little mathematics. 42 verse 10. After all that Job had been through. Now see when God was restoring him. He said, and the Lord turned what? The captivity of Job. Let's read together. When he prayed for his friends. What did the scripture say? Verse 11. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all those who left him they came back to do what celebrate with him verse 12 so the lord blessed the later end of job more than his what he had 14 how many did he have before he had 6000 how many did he have before how many i told somebody to write 3,000 now, how many? 1,000 yoke of oxen, right? 1,000 asses. And next, and next, he also had how many? Seven sons and three daughters. But continue, continue. And he called the name of his, verse 15. And in all the land, where no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. So you see, the number of children, were they the same? But what did God do extra? He made them extraordinary. If you go back to the first scripture, they just mentioned their name. But now, they are mentioning their name. They are mentioning their name with something. God does not restore and restores you back to status quo. He doesn't do status quo. He does not. If you no 
God so well and your heart is so ready to receive it. You know that he doesn't deal with status quo. He doesn't deal with your standard. Your standard is what? Give back to me what you took from me. But God is, I give you twice what I take from you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. With interest, thank you. So in this season, let your mind be so open. Let your mind be so open that when God is restoring me, God works so well with our belief system. So when he's restoring you, he's looking at what is Ivye believing that I can do. So if Ivye is believing right now, by virtue of the word that she's hearing from the altar right now, that God can do more than what has been taken from me and add one extra. What does the scripture say? Beyond what she believes is what I am going to do. So if she's believing one extra, I'm going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that she can think or imagine. How far can you stretch your restoration bank? Stretch it. Things have been taken from, things have been taken from me. But I'm going to receive them back in measures and extra, extra. And that's the same for somebody in the house here tonight. Now, when the Bible was talking of Hannah, 1 Samuel 127, 1 Samuel 127, 1 Samuel 127, it said, For this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition, which I asked of him. 1 Samuel 2, 20 to 21. And I will explain something briefly to us. 1 Samuel 2, verse 20 to 21. Here's what the Bible says. And Eli blessed Ekana and his wife and said, his wife, Hannah, the Lord gives the, the seed of this woman for a loan. I didn't know God takes loans from us. God never took the child from her. When I saw this today, I was like, so it's actually loan that has been there all the while. For what? The loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went onto their own home. In the eyes of every normal person, how can I, a woman, be praying to God for how many years to give me a seed? And when that seed comes, I tell everybody around me, I'm going to take that seed to show how spiritual I am, Right? To show that an uh, like God pass. I'm going to take that seed and I'm going to say, Pastor, take on your own. Made it sounded, Madam, you can't lose this one. No, this is your only child. You know how people used to treat only child? It's my only eye. <laughs> I was an only girl, so I know my mother used to say that thing. Ah, now just that this one eye now I get. It's my only eye. It's my only this. So the eyes of the world, she had lost the one thing that she had. But what did the prophet call it? Alone, which is lent to the Lord. We'll go down that scripture again and we'll see the repayment for lending, lending this to the Lord. Did God give her more? Oh yes, he did. Summer wasn't the only child she had. God gave her more sons and more daughters. A restoration came. And you know what, you know what God did with that loan? <laughs> Somewhere was was the greatest priest. So the life of that loan was, was, was with so much interest. 
that not only Hannah was drawing from the interest, the whole nation was drawing from it. God's restoration is <laughs> not the way you are thinking it. I think that's the best way I can explain it. Expand your thoughts. Expand it. And let me tell you, with God, there are no losses. <laughs> In the eyes of the world, the one where you don't get, you want go keep him for a church. Or the one where you don't get, you say, may go, may serve God forever. You don't lose that pikino. What if something happens to him? How do you know? If they, because Hannah said, when they were going to Shiloh after she had given birth to that child, she said no, that she would not go. Let her wing the child first. So that child was really very tender at the point where as a mother, you will think of, can they raise this child well? Will they feed the child well? Am I taking the right step? No, I am losing my seed that I had prayed for. There are no losses with God. God doesn't record losses. See, as long as it has to do with you, you are his child. You are not recording losses. What is seeming to you as, as a loss is a loan lent to God that will repay back. And when God repays it, you are going to be like, ah, wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and one thing that I noticed in the life of Hannah, she knew her standpoint. Trust me, I'm sure Penina would have whispered into her ears. Madam, I get them plenty. I don't give anyone to a priest. You, now one you get, you won't give your <laughs> Am I right? But she knew what she was doing. She knew this was not carelessness. This was divine, divine direction. It was something I told God I was going to do and I will do it. There are no losses with God. There are no losses with God. Praise God. <laughs> now, now, this is where I'm getting to. In a season when God is releasing upon us a word such as restoration, what are we to do? What are we to do to step into these seasons? There are so many things to do to step into the promises and the words of God for particular seasons. Anchor unto his promises, pray and fast, which we are already doing to break down certain limitations that will begin to step into these promises and go deeper into them and see the manifestations in their life. But above everything, I will talk on one, focus. Focus on what God wants to do. Focus on what God wants to do. And the reason why I am saying focus is a lot of things distract us now. A lot of things. <laughs> and those things are valid to us. They have become, I call them valid excuses. So it makes us lose sight of what God wants to do. You just lose sight. I was listening to someone talk one day and she said something that there might be certain dreams that you will dream. You're on a prayer journey on a separate thing. You will dream some certain dreams. And all of a sudden, that dream will turn the prayer point. <laughs> You've not grown spiritually to understand that that dream is just a distraction. Right? That dream is just a distraction. Focus. Let your spirit be so focused on if this is the word released for God, from God for us in this season, I'll be so focused on it that I must grab it. It will not pass me by. Tell yourself, it won't pass me by. It won't pass me by. 
Focus. When you read through the book and the story of Job, in Job chapter 2 verse 9, something happened in that scripture. Job's wife. Job 2 9. Job's wife. What did she tell God? What did she tell the woman? Then said the wife unto him, does thou still retain thy integrity? Do what? Curse God and die. To a man who is already going through a lot. And <laughs> I've never seen a man as focused as he was. Do you know why? When you tell yourself you are going through a lot, read the story of Job and you will know if you are really going through a lot or not. You will have hope that what I'm going through is small compared to what this guy went through. He said, what? Curse God and die. Men in the house, may you not marry foolish women. May you not marry foolish women. And women in the house, may our husbands be so focused on God that we, when we come in, sometimes as distractions, he will be able to put us away. Hi. That one you will not say amen. Shout amen. Because sometimes the man is so focused on what God wants to do, but you, you are so focused on guy. What will the children eat? What will I do? To do? No money... <laughs> You are not seen from the same perspective. If she was seen from the perspective of Job, she would not make this statement. Curse God and die. Ha. And you, she, she lost sight because she forgot that it's that same God that gave her all that she was enjoying before. Am I right? And all of a sudden, a small hitch on the way, guy. <laughs> Find your level, oh. Are you sure? <laughs> he was so focused never losing sight <laughs> sometimes what you are recording as, as losses is just a process God is trying to take you through or God is just trying to use you to show off because God was just using Job to show off right God is saying I know him so well he will not deny me so I can brag about him not for God handle hey <laughs> May we not be falling in the hand of God. At the point where God stands, God forbid, not anybody in this house, and says, you, I've seen how steadfast you are. I've seen how good you are. I've seen how righteous you are. I'm going to brag with you through the whole earth. But let me take you through this period of testing. Because there is nothing that shines bright that does not go through the period of testing. That's the period of refining. And when at the point when God is taking you through that period of testing and refining, you begin to retreat and lose sight. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. Job was focused. <laughs> I know the God that gave me all that I had before. <laughs> if he did it before, what did we start with this service with? He can't do it again. I'm so focused on what he can do. Sometimes you are recording some losses and you are looking at yourself. Ah, guy, be so focused on the capacity and ability of what God can do. Even when you don't have evidence. The evidence will come. It doesn't change his abilities. It doesn't change his capacities. So I keep focused on what he can do. That was the mindset of Job. That was the mindset of Job. Now, let's go through another wonderful person in the Bible, Ruth. You know when you are talking about the story of Ruth, we just mentioned it, this woman that followed Naomi. And <laughs> Have you ever been around someone that has lost children? Children. That's Naomi. Let's, let's talk about Naomi. She lost what? A husband? No, that was not... 
Thank you, Jesus. That was not the beginning of her journey. This was the beginning of her journey. She was somewhere before. Eh? Her and her family now packed their load from that place. Ruth chapter 1 verse 1. And left and went to another place. Because there was famine in, that, in Moab. They went, packed their things and sojourned. And went to Moab, sorry. They left where they were. And when they got there, she saw what her eyes could not <laughs> what her mouth could not say. She lost what? A husband and what? Two sons. She was a bitter woman. She was a bitter woman. If you have just lost one parent, you go to Vesenia and no get mama again and no get mama again. Do you know what her story was? I don't have a husband and I don't have two sons. That was a sad story. That was a sad life. The only thing she had was two, two, two daughter-in-laws. Of what benefit were those two daughter-in-laws to her? They could remarry at every point in time. So I can say, I beg. It'd be like, say something, they the family. Where they keep people. Let me. Do you know what Ruth did? She looked at all the, rec the, the record of losses that the woman had gone through. But she saw something in her that nobody was seeing. There was fruit. Evidence that was coming out. So she did what? She was focused on what she was saying. And she would tell her, I will go with you. <laughs> she, 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 was, she was able to bear the shame. You know what? Naomi went back to where she left. Do you know the shame of proudly living somewhere? I don't come out. Then <laughs> you will now pack yourself. And you will... <laughs> Fear my return. <laughs> Do you know how they would have looked at her? Like, the, she would have been the topic of discussion. If, if, if Linda Ikeji blog would have carried her, Gossip Me Ninja would carry her, Tori for Town would carry her, Insta blog would carry her. The woman that lost a husband and two sons is now returning back with nothing but one daughter-in-law. Somebody say, God forbid. With no evidence. Thank you. She's returning. With, see, she, the evidence was so bad that she was returning with nothing. At least if she, if she left and she was coming back with money, say, okay, she has. She was returning back with nothing. What do you call losses? She saw it. She saw it. The losses from zero to 100, she saw it. But there was somebody that was seeing more than all that. She was so focused on what she was saying. Because I know through this one, I would enter into a different lineage. <laughs> that my name will be mentioned in history. A book will even be written after me. What are you seeing? I ask you, what are you seeing? When you are hearing restoration, what do you think God can do? I agree that you have gone through a tough time. But I just need you to redirect your focus on what God can do. Let me run down. Let's move to Hannah. Are we together? Let's move to Hannah. First Samuel 1 verse 4. I'll run through Hannah. First Samuel 1 verse 4. First Samuel 1 verse 4. And when the time that Elkanah offered, and when the time that Elkanah offered, 
sacrifices, basically. He gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters, portions. Verse 5. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Some things that you are going through, God is allowing it to happen. Because he wants to do something. So when you read the Lord shut up her womb, it was not any enemy. God knows what he's doing. God knew what he was doing. That the seed that she will carry is not, is, 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 is not common. It's an uncommon seed. Allow me to take my time to prepare the place that the seed wants to grow into. In fact, should I shock you? She didn't, hey, Father, thank you. She didn't have the spiritual capacity to bet somebody like Samuel if God had given her the child at the first year of marriage. Hello. God needed to grow her spiritual capacity to be able to hold forth what the one of the greatest priests of, of all time. God needed her to be able to grow spiritually, to gather that seed. That when she was praying, have you seen somebody praying and the person is, is the person is not, you know, they hear what they pray, but everywhere they shake. God needed her to gain capacity. Say what? The Lord shut up her womb. So you are wondering, God, why are these doors not opening? Why is this thing not happening? God is saying, come, I need you to build capacity. So that when I pour it all on you, you're able to take it. You're able to handle it. He said the Lord shut up. But, but that's not the focus. That's another message. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. My translation says, but unto Hannah, he gave a double portion. Now, who gave her the portion? Her husband. And do you know what that portion had the ability to do? The potential of that portion was going to be able to distract her. Ask me how. Say how. How? You are asking God for something. God has not given you that thing, no. But yet, there's somebody giving you something that looks like that. Just, just hold this one. Take this one. Take your body first. I don't say you never get that. Do you know? It has the ability to make you relaxed. After all, I have this now. So let's go down to verse 6. I want you to see something. I want you to see how focused she was. And her adversary also provoked her soul for to, for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Second time. Seven. And he did so year by year. When she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. That's Penina. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Verse eight. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, why repairs thou? Why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? For what? Am not I better than thee? Ten sons, pacifiers. Do away from pacifiers. They will distract you. They will distract you. Okay, okay. As this one has come, let me just hold it back. Then you begin to draw back spiritually. She, that meat was nothing to her. That meat was nothing to her. It was nothing. The words of Elkanah at that point in time, do you know what she was looking at? What does the word of God say? What is God saying right now? Eh, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you, Elkanah. You know, if her husband kept repeating upon her that I'm better than 10 sons, you know, at some point she would say, after all, if not only this one where I get, 
But they, see, she was so focused. There's something that God has for me that I've not yet tapped into. There's something. I know Elkanah is giving me meat. <laughs> but you know what? Right now, I'm feasting on the meat of the word of God. Because that is where my revelation is coming. That is where my restoration is coming. I'm going to... I'm, uh, Elkanah, I'm hearing you. But the only thing I can hear and sink into my spirit right now is what God is saying to me. She kept praying. I know that you are thinking of settling because you have lost so much. Don't settle. Settlement is distraction. <laughs> you know the popular saying, we can't settle for less. Right? Anybody settling for less here? You can't settle for less. When you know the word of God over your life, be so focused on it that nothing distracts you. Men are going to come with you with meat. Those meats are measures to settle you. <laughs> you know when they say, let's settle out of court. Because the person knows that if you push further, you will win. Am I right? I'm asking you, why settle? Why settle? The meat was distraction. But God was bringing about a restoration. Ah, the provoking of Penina was distraction. She would have lost focus. This woman, the day you will try it another day, I will give it to you. Hot, hot. Right? Then you, you know what she does at that point in time? She begins to contaminate her spirit in prayers. So the moment she's focused on what Penina is doing, she's praying and she's remembering what Penina is doing. But do you know what those things were doing? You were provoking her to pray more. So anytime the enemy is trying to settle with you, don't allow him. Let the fact that he's bringing up settlement with you provoke you into your inner chambers to pray more. In fact, it should be a signal that what God has for you is so precious that the enemy does not want you to have it. So he's trying to make you settle for less. Somebody shout hallelujah. I will not settle for less. Divine restoration. Divine restoration. Focus on God's promises. I said that earlier on. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. You see those promises, whether they are actualized, whether God has restored it or not, I celebrate it because I know it's going to happen. I celebrate it because I know he's go it, it's going to happen. Focus on God's ability. Hey. You know when you can do something, I think I... I've, I've thought about this so many times. If you are somebody that is multi-talented and you're very, very, very intelligent, you have a problem believing God. Hello? You'd have a problem believing God because you would be able to do so many things. So when, they are, when it's not working, you'll feel like, I'm not doing, I am not doing something right. So even when God is taking you through a process, you can't just focus that this is what God is trying to teach me. God is trying to tell me, I know you are smart. I know you are intelligent. But I just need you to focus on what I can do right now. Focus on his abilities. The Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 19. I'm sorry, I like reading my translation. Psalm 34, verse 19. 
It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But what's the focus of that scripture? So, whenever it is that I am plagued with afflictions, I know that they are there. Because the scripture has said it. Many what? Are the afflictions of the righteous? Are you the righteous? Are you the righteous? Except you want to change your position. So, it is scriptural. It is scriptural. It is written there. But that's not what the scripture wants you to focus on. It says what? Let's read it again. But... Hey, let's read it with faith in our heart. But what? Joel 2.25. I love this scripture so much. Joel 2.25. Joel 2.25. Joel 2.25. It says what? And I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten, the canker worm has eaten, the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent you. No matter how bad the loss has come. What did the first line say? See, I, 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 I took my time and I just went through some little pictures on um, infest, infestation of locust on the land. On the land. So, to, it, it just enabled me to have a clearer understanding of what this was like. A locust does a complete job. It leaves nothing to chance. <laughs> you, know, you give it to him. It destroys that when you get back there, there's nothing to pick out. So, and lands that get the infestations of locusts are usually lands that maybe have been worked on for a number of years. That crop is probably, let me put it, a, a, a crop, a land that they've been worked on for a number of years. So this is where the locusts come. He, he does, he comes and he eats up the fruits of your, those years. He eats it up. He leaves nothing. The locust does a complete work. When you step into the land, you can't pick one thing. You can't pick one thing. But God is saying, even when it looks like you don't have one thing to show for it, I will do what? Restore. I will do what? Restore. Restore it. So no matter how bad it gets with me, God has the ability to do what? Restore. No matter how terrible it gets, Oh, it seems like I've lost this year. These years are planted. These years, okay, I've invested. Let's bring it to modern day. I've invested and it just looks like there's nothing to show for it. I invested so much in these children. There's nothing, nothing to show for it. God says what? I have the ability to do what? Restore. There are things that you've counted as losses. I've lost all these years. The fruits of all these years. I'll probably be working all these years and there is nothing. I don't have anything to show. I can't, I can't show that I've saved. I can't show that I've bought one car. Or I can't show that I've even bought one thing for myself. As long as you can stay anchored on God, just like he said through these scriptures, that he can restore 
what the locust and the canker worm has eaten, he can restore. Now, do you know what the restoration of God is like? Ah, thank you, Jesus. So, you know, you know when the testimony of I don't look like what I've been through. Have you heard anybody say that? I have, I, I have one song, one of my favorite songs, that's it. I don't look like what I've been through. So you might say, all these years, how would God restore them back? Is he going to take me back to 2014 again and make me relieve those years? You see, when the blessings of God and the restoration of God comes, eh? <laughs> it's like someone giving a testimony. You are trying to tag the current person that you are seeing to what the person went through. It's like Job. I believe that when God restored Job, there were sores on his body but God didn't leave any stone unturned. So you look at him, he's telling you that I once had this number of children. I once had all of these things but because of the state in which you are seeing him and because of the work, the restorative power of God that has been made manifest in his life, you are not picturing him back to that person. So, how do you place it? God restores and you won't look like what you've been through. You won't even remember those years. In the book of, of Samuel, when David became king, when David became king, David called for his servant Ziba and said, is there anyone in the house of Saul still remaining? And the servant said, yes, there's one still remaining. And he said, yes, his name is Mephibosheth. He said, go get him for me. Do you know where Mephibosheth was? He was in the, city, he was in the place of the leprous, a place where, a place where outcasts are kept. And, and Ziba said, his both legs are crippled. He still said what? Go get them for me. So sometimes it seems like because of the process that you might have gone through, so many things have been damaged, but God still knows how to pick people from outcast positions and place them at the king's table. Do you know what the Bible says in that scripture? That when Mephibosheth came back to him, he said, now I will restore all that was taken from you. Now he wasn't going to restore it in, in comparison to those old times. He was going to restore it present situation. So he wasn't going to say, if they took $5 for you, at that point in time, $5 was 100 naira. Now, $5 is 5,000 naira. I'm going to give you, $5 is 10,000. I'm going to give you that equal amount. He said, I would restore all that was taken to you. And you know what? From today onwards, you will feast at the king's table. What God is going to do in your life, your mouth can't say it. Get your heart ready. And when I was reading that scripture today, I said I was just going to say this. I was just going to take 30 seconds to pray. He said, at a point where the king David sent for Ziba, it's 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 1 to 7. At the point where king David sent for Ziba, Ziba was present. You know, when we were talking about divine remembrance yesterday, Ziba was present. And Ziba remembered. I need you to just take 30 seconds or one minute and begin to pray over yourself. The person that will mention me to sit at the table of kings will be present and he will remember my name. Open your mouth and pray. <laughs> Ziba did not say, I don't think so. 
I don't think there's anyone. I don't think so. God uses people to lift people. It will take one referral and your life will be turned around. It will take one man to mention your name and you will sit at the king's table. It took a Mordecai for Esther to get to the palace. At the point where the one that God has orchestrated to remember you to be in the palace of the kings, they will not forget. They won't forget your name. They won't forget your location. They won't lose your number. Ha. Those that God has strategically placed to remember you in this season. They would remember you. Ziba was so fast. Ziba was so fast. Ziba was so fast. He said, yes, I remember him and this is where he is. This is where he is. There are certain things that God wants to do in your life. He would use men. Those men, he would, they won't forget your name at that point in time. Nothing will distract them. They will be so focused on their divine assignment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You pray the prayer. And amen is...